um, our next speaker is Shane. Uh, Shane is a property investor. He is a property sourcer and more recently has got into property management. So yeah, property is definitely your way, your pathway for wealth, Shane. And so welcome today. And I'm going to hand over to you to share your wealth of information with us. Thank you, Karen, appreciate it. If you can just confirm that this is coming up, let me get it in slideshow. Yep, it's all there. Good stuff. Okay, perfect. So thanks for joining us this morning, guys. And uh, thank you to Karen for the invitation to share my story with you all here today. And uh, massive well done to Anna. I really enjoyed that presentation. I've taken lots and lots of notes from that. Um, so massive well done as well. So yeah, really my plan for today is really just, I'll start with a bit of an introduction and I'll talk through my background in property investing and where that has led me to now. But my key focus of the presentation here today is going to be around sticking to the theme of today's summit, which is about creating a formula for wealth. So I'll share some of my stories and some of the tips and tricks that I've picked up along the way throughout my property investment journey. Uh, and uh, yeah, talk about how I went about building my portfolio and continue to build that over the next couple of years and uh, share some stories with you. So I'll start with a bit of an introduction. So yeah, my name is Shane Coyle and I am the Managing Director of SC Property Sourcing and Investments, which I'm now glad to say is an award-winning business. I picked up an award there at the tail end of last year for uh, Best New Startup Business, which I'm delighted with. So I'm a property investor myself. I'm a business owner. I'm a newspaper columnist and a father of two beautiful young boys. Um, so yeah, I got my, I started investing in property back in 2018 and have since built up my por portfolio since then. Um, I did create a business out of this and the key focus of my business is around helping other property investors build and scale their portfolio as well, which I'll, I'll be talking about today. Um, and as I say, I do get the opportunity to present, um, to, um, publish articles in my local newspaper, which is the Straban Herald, and that's specifically focused around property investing. So it's a good way to engage with the readers and talk about anything and everything about property investing and share some value there as well. And like I say, father of two beautiful young boys. Uh, I'll just show you a picture of everybody just so that you can get to know me. Um, so yeah, this is my family. That is my fiance, Deidre. Uh, who's actually holding our firstborn. <laughs> this was the firstborn in the house, or our little Alessation, we like to call her. And uh, two young boys there, my oldest boy, Jake, he is nine, and youngest boy is Finn, and he is six. And I guess the reason that I'm sharing this with you is, look, I know Anna talked about this briefly as well, but, you know, especially within property, property, it can be a difficult journey sometimes and uh, I think it's always important to remember you know why are you doing this in the first place why is it that you're looking to create wealth why is it that you're looking to you know put a lot of effort into growing your income and things like that 
And for me, I'll, you know, a big factor for me is, you know, it's all got to do with, you know, providing a, a comfortable life for myself and my family so that we can, you know, we can go off and we can have that lifestyle and we can create the experiences together, uh, create memories. And um, yeah, I, I just thought that was worthwhile sharing with you guys. I mean, that's, that's a big factor as to what my why is, why I am going down this path in the first place. And I think property investing is a good vehicle in order to create that that long-term wealth. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a bit of introduction to me and my family. Quick overview about the, some of the services that we do offer. Like I say, the main focus is around working with all our property investors and helping them build a, a, a property portfolio. And we do that in many ways and we do tend to offer a full package service if somebody is looking to invest in property. So we can help with sourcing the right property. We can manage any renovations that, that's required on the property. Maybe it might need a little bit of TLC. Um, and obviously, whenever it's ready for the rental market, then we can take on the management of that property as well. Um, so yeah, it's really, it could be working with new investors to the market. It could be working with experienced investors who might not have the time to source the right properties. But the idea is that we put, provide a full package service for um, anyone that's looking to get involved in property. We do, we do a lot of joint ventures as well. And this is something that we've been focusing on a lot recently as the different joint venture opportunities that you can do with other property investors within your network. Um, it's joint ventures is also a really good way to help build and scale your portfolio a lot quicker. Um, so yeah, that's something that we've been focusing on a lot lately. And we do offer some services in Spain as well. Um, I'll actually just flick to the next slide here to talk about this. So really what our uh, goal is in Spain is to work with people here locally and further field to help them find their dream holiday home in the sun. And again, the goal here is a full package service. So if somebody's looking to invest in property in Spain or buy their dream holiday home, they can come to, they can come to me to talk through what their criteria is, what their wish list is for that dream holiday home. So I work with a company um, that's based in Spain called Grupo Invest. And we basically hold people's hand throughout each stage of the buy-in process. So finding you the right property, getting you set up with the right mortgage brokers, the legals, the property management, getting you set up with the right surveyors and providing some general guidance because investing in a different country that you're, that you're not living in can be a little bit uh, daunting and, um, you know, it's good to have that network there available in order to make sure that you've got the appropriate guidance for um, buying abroad. So that's a little bit about uh, me and what uh, where I'm coming from. So let's just get into it now. I mean, look, we're here to talk about, you know, creating a formula, creating a formula for wealth and, and, and building, a, building a portfolio. So for me, it all has to start with a vision. You know, what is your dream? What is it that you're looking to get out of building wealth? And why do you want to, why do you want to build wealth? So what I'm going to be sharing with you today here is, you know, some of the, some of the mistakes that I've made along the way, um, while I've been building my own portfolio and some of the things that I've, that I've learned, but it all comes back to, you know, what is your dream? What is your vision? And look, you're going to be hearing from a lot of very inspiring people here today, uh, as you've just seen from, from Anna's presentation, 
Um, so look, I would encourage you to take a lot of notes from people who have been down this path before and take as much away from this as possible. But yeah, for me, it all has to start with that vision, having that dream and then belief that you can make, um, make proper wealth out of um, whatever, whatever vehicle you choose. For me, it's property investing. A friend of mine actually sent this to me uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was worthwhile sharing on today's session. Um, and it's something that I've never actually properly sat down and thought about before, but I thought this was very interesting. So wealth could mean a lot of things to different people. There are five examples here of what wealth is. So you've got your financial wealth, which is your money and possessions, social wealth, status, popularity, time wealth, which is your freedom. Now, for me personally, that is something that I'm chasing. That's that's top of my list, chasing that time wealth. Uh, physical wealth, which is your health and your vitality, obviously very important. And then your spiritual wealth, which is your peace of mind and self-respect. But pay attention to this last line here. Be careful of jobs that lure you in with one and two, but they rob you of three, four, and five. Whenever I read that, that really stuck out to me. Um, now, we've all got bills to pay. We've all got jobs. Uh, we, we've all got um, food to put on the, on the table and people to care for. So we have to think about this smart. You know, we have to be thinking about this in the right way. If we do want to achieve whatever type of wealth is most important to us, you know, we need to be going about it in the right way, that we plan about it in the right way, that we build a bit of a plan as to how we're going to achieve that and a bit of a timeline as to how we are going to um, achieve that type of wealth. Which brings me on to, again, creating that formula is building out your plan. So specifically in property investing, I mean, that's my key focus here today is, look, you don't want to be going into this blind. You need to begin into this with some sort of a plan as to how you're going to scale your portfolio. And that for me was one of the mistakes that I made at the beginning. I did not have a plan. I most certainly did not have a plan. Um, and uh, I did not have anything documented. I was just eager to get things moving. But what I found... With the fact that I didn't have a plan at the start, I, I found myself going in different directions and a little bit of out of sync and out of focus. Um, but one thing that I did, you know, a few years into property investing, I did take some time to create a bit of a business plan. You know, at the end of the day, property is a business. So I did create a bit of a business plan. And basically what that plan entailed was I built out a bit, it was like a chart. It was like a chart that I built out but it basically detailed how many properties that I'm planning to obtain within the next five years, but also what type of properties I'm going to be investing in and how they're going to be funded. Where am I going to get the money for to buy these properties? But once I laid that out in paper and I had a clear vision and a clear path as to how exactly I was going to obtain X number of properties in five years, it was, it was like a, a very enlightening moment because I knew that it was possible. I knew that if I do this and apply this strategy, then I will be able to obtain this property at this time within this year, et cetera, et cetera. And to me doing that exercise, which only took me a couple of hours, it was um, one of the most beneficial things that I have done. So 
it could entail you know where you're going to fund it from whether you're building up cash flow from other properties to reinvest in others whether you are releasing equity from some properties to continually reinvest whether you're getting investor finance to help you build your property portfolio or loans or whatever it might be you will know what your financial circumstances are and you can build your plan around that. Another thing that I would say is extremely important. Now, you don't necessarily need to have a business in order to do this. But look, if you're going down the route of investing in property, my advice is be visible about it. Tell everybody what you do. Tell everyone. Because you never know who's listening, you never know who's watching, and you never know what type of opportunities are going to come knocking if you're continually and consistently sharing your wins, sharing your experiences, you know, different things that you've achieved along the way, whether that's via social media or it's networking events, speaking events, writing in the newspaper, whatever it might be, get that message out there. Because as I say, you just never know what type of opportunities or joint ventures that's going to come your way. I mean, just last week there, I had somebody reach out to me, said they've been following me on social media for quite some time. And uh, they wanted to know, would you be interested in doing a joint venture in Dubai? So they've got a lot of opportunities coming to them in Dubai, but they'd have nobody else to, to go under them with. Um, so that, that kind of reverts back to what I'm saying here is, look, that opportunity wouldn't have been presented to me if I wasn't consistent with my message, if I wasn't visible and people didn't know about what I do. You know, you can do it in a modest way, which I always um, aim to do. You know, get that, get your share your ones, but do it in a in a, in a modest way. And uh, yeah, be visible. Talk about it. So I'm just going to give a high level introduction. I'm not sure what stage everybody is at on if they have ventured into property before, or maybe some people are new to property investing, or maybe they are quite experienced, but I'm just going to give a high level overview of some of the, <clears throat> some of the strategies that you can implement for property investing. First and foremost is getting your foundations in place and your foundations within property investing is straightforward vanilla by the let. So this is where you're buying a rental, buying a property, um, getting the tenant in there to, to rent it out on a long-term basis. Out of all the various property investment strategies, I think this one is the, is the least amount of hassle. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not hassle-free, but it's definitely the least amount of hassle. <clears throat> Other strategies such as serviced accommodation, which is your short-term rentals, your holiday lets, your, the likes of your Airbnb. This is where you're charging by night. And, you know, you can target your, your property to be specific to tourists or it could be, it could be contractors or people who are looking for relocation for a couple of nights or whatever it might be. But it's a good way to build up a bit of extra cash flow by renting the property out by night. HMO is another good strategy. So HMO is house of multiple occupancy. So this is basically where you're renting out by room. So you're getting paid by room. So it might be ideal for say the student market or maybe working class professionals. Um, but location is always going to be key for, for HMO. And also if you're ever thinking about going down the route of HMO, make sure that you're doing your due diligence. Make sure that you are um, doing everything by the book because it's a very highly regulated um, strategy. 
So you need to make sure that your planning's in place, your licensing, your building control, your fire risk assessments. There's so much that you need to think about if you're doing a HMO. So you might be looking at buying a property. Let's say, for example, a developer could be going in looking at a renovation project. Maybe it's a three-bedroom property, but it's got two reception rooms and maybe a bit of extra space. Well, you can renovate that into a HMO uh, as long as it meets the right restrictions and things like that. And then, like I say, charge by the room. Another great strategy for high cash flow. So moving on then to buy, rent, refurbish, refinance. So this is basically where you're buying a property that's quite run down. Maybe you're securing it at below market value. Then you're spending a bit of money on it to increase the market value of that property. Once the market value has been raised, the idea then is that you are pulling some of your capital back out of it uh, by refinance and then renting it out on a, on a long-term basis. So that's a good strategy if you're able to try and recycle a lot of the cash that you're putting in in order to build your property portfolio. Flip is quite similar. You know, you're buying something quite run down, spend some money in it, raising the capital value, but then you're selling it on. You're not retaining it. You're selling it on to um, other investors or the general housing market or whatever it might be. Last one I'll touch on here is commercial. My advice with commercial is don't be getting involved in commercial unless you're experienced, unless you've tried some of these other strategies first, because commercial, this is the likes of, you know, it could be your, your offices, your apartment blocks, your hotels or whatever it might be. It's a strategy that requires a lot of upfront capital and experience. Uh, if you want to learn more about any of these strategies or, you know, different creative types of strategies that you can use for property investing, a book recommendation that I would have is called um, Multiple Streams of Property Income. And that book is by Rob Burr and Kevin McDonald. So basically gives you a foundational level of understanding about the various strategies that you can implement. Um, but yeah, definitely a good book recommendation. So moving on, I'll just talk a little bit about, you know, my journey so far. So some of the things that I've picked up on along the way since I started investing in property, and hopefully this will be uh, helpful for you if you're looking to go down this route as well. I'll start with my first refurb. The first refurb was actually our residential property, which I'm still, which we're still living in here today. Uh, so we bought this house back in 2016, and we always said whenever we were, whenever we were looking for our first residential home, we wanted something that we could put our own stamp on. You know, we wanted to be able to add a bit of value to it, um, and uh, you know, we wanted something with a bit of character. So you can see here some, I'll share some of the before and after pictures. This is just the, the exterior of the property. Um, some more pictures of the inside there whenever we first purchased it. As you can see, it's a little bit run down. You know, it's very 1980s. You know, a lot of old wallpaper, old carpet, old tiles in need of modernization and basically uh, a lot of life being brought back into the property. But like I say, this is what we wanted. We wanted something where we could add our own, our own taste to it. So yeah, that's just some of the pictures that I had available for this one. Some of the after pictures there of the previous ones, you know, like I say, we put a bit, put a bit of life into the place. You know, we updated the, um, the interior, 
removed the floors, updated the floors, carpets, new bathroom, new kitchen, uh, tidied up the, the outside, turned it into a nice living space. Um, the garage, which was uh, just a dust collector, I renovated that into my now office, where, which is where I'm sitting talking to you guys from today. Um, sometimes this place is known as the doghouse whenever whenever I've been misbehaving, um, but we'll, we'll not go into too much detail there. Um, but yeah, like I say, this this was the, the finished product of our um, residential property. But just to give you an idea as to the potential, you know, just from putting about a time, effort, and money, you know, you can come away with this from, you know, some increased uplift in your capital. So like I say, we bought this in 2016 for 105,000. We spent about 18,000 on it and we got it revalued uh, a few years later at 180,000. So over the course of a few short years and some minor renovations, we were able to add 75,000 of value to that. So yeah, that 75,000, you know, can come in handy, whether you're looking to refinance, re take out a little bit of equity to reinvest in other properties or whatever it might be. But yeah, that was, uh, that was our first project. So moving on then to my first actual investment, my first uh, buy to let investment property. So this is, this is where all the mistakes were made. This is, <laughs> this is where a lot of learnings came out of it. So just to give you a bit more context, where my, the way that I was thinking about buying this first investment property was just give me any old thing and I'll figure it out. <laughs> that, that was basically my thought process at the time. I was just, I was so eager to get on the property ladder that I was just like, give me any old thing. I'll figure it out as I go along and we'll hope for the best type of thing. Now, my advice there is do not implement that. Do not implement that strategy. Like I say, go into this with a proper plan. Know what you're looking for. Um, but yeah, just to, just to share some of the, the mistakes that I might have made along this way. So my thought process was if I can buy my first investment property and try and pay that off in the shortest period of time possible, then I'll have enough to sell it and buy my second one. So that was my mindset at the time. Like I say, I wasn't educated. I, I didn't really know what I was doing, but there's so many better ways that you can go about building the property portfolio um, other than that strategy. So because I was taking the mortgage out over 10 years for this one, this is this is what it was leaving me. So I bought it for 56,000, which is only bringing in a rent of 540 per calendar month. But at the end of every month, it's only leaving me with a cash flow, positive cash flow of 35 pounds per month. So that's taking away, you know, your mortgage payment, your rates, your property management, service fees, insurance, things like that. I mean, it's not really putting anything in my pocket. Um, yes, it's still an asset at the end of the day, but it's not really giving me that cash flow. And the area that I purchased it in as well, it's not really in the best location to appreciate over time. So two main things that you want to be looking for when you're buying an investment property is what type of cash flow is it bringing in? What's it putting in your pocket? And what type of potential does it have to appreciate over time? So I didn't meet any of those goals with that first investment property. And like I say, I took this mortgage out over 10 years. Um, to be honest, I'm surprised they even gave me a mortgage to be, to be honest, now that I'm looking back on this and I'm a lot more educated, I'm surprised they even give me a mortgage if I'm only left with 35 pounds at the end of the, of the month. 
Okay, so just to talk through some of the the learnings that I've taken away from my first buy to let property. Um, so this first buy to let property, I wasn't in the the right frame of mind to be making any financial decisions because I wasn't educated at that time, and I made some changes to as to how I purchased this property. Um, so it was basically took this mortgage out over a period of 10 years, which was leaving me with only 35 pounds cash flow at the end of every month, which wasn't really putting very much money in my pocket. And it was purchased in the area where it wasn't necessarily a place where it would appreciate over time. Um, small one bedroom apartment. So the two main things that you should be looking for for any buy to let investment is uh, what type of money is it put in your pocket and what type of potential does it have to appreciate over time? Now, I did have another stab at this on my second investment. I did buy it in the same apartment block. However, I did make some changes this time around as to how I financed this. So what type of mortgage that I took out on this investment property? So some of the changes that I made this time is instead of taking the mortgage out over 10 years, I changed it to a um, 25 year mortgage and it was on an interest only. So the first one was repayment mortgage. This one was interest only. I would like to make it very clear that um, what I'm about to go through here, it's not financial advice. It will be down to each and every investor as to what makes most sense for them. So it's important to do your own research as to you know what makes sense for you. But the difference between repayment and interest only is after 25 years for this particular mortgage, bear in mind, I am only This sounds gone. Yeah, you just muted yourself. I think somebody else might have muted me there. <laughs> uh, can, you, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, so yeah, after 25 years, um, bear in mind this mortgage, I will still owe the capital of that mortgage. The only thing that I've, I'll, I'll have been paying over them 25 years is the interest. But bear in mind what that property is going to be worth in 25 years time. And if you look at the UK property market, probably over the last 100 years or so, history will tell you that property will double in value every 10 to 15 years or so. Now, there obviously will be the fluctuations in the market over that time frame, but as a general guide, you can use that as, uh, as your, your, your property predictions. So if that's what the history is telling you, what can that tell you about your future investment as to what that property is gonna be worth in 25 years time? Is it gonna be enough to pay off your remaining mortgage? I would like to, say, I would like to think so. Or it depends what you want to do with the property after 25 years. Maybe you might want to look to sell it on. Maybe you might want to pay your mortgage down. Um, there's many different strategies that you can implement uh, come that time, time frame. So yeah, that was the first couple of properties. Um, then I decided to move on to higher cash flowing strategies such as serviced accommodation. And this was quite a recent uh, project of mine. And the pictures that you're looking at here, these are the before pictures of the property. But just to give you a quick rundown as to some of the, the features of this. So this property purchased in, in Derry in Northern Ireland. 
It's two self-contained one-bedroom apartments and the renovation timeline that I had for this was eight weeks. Now, initially this property, the previous landlord, it was this, this initially was a four-bedroom mid-terrace property, but the previous landlord had renovated it into two separate apartments. So two separate income streams, which was a great um, opportunity to invest in. So I did buy this for 105,000, used a 30% deposit, 7.2% interest only, which I was quite happy with. I know that the interest rates have gone up, uh, I, but whenever I had done my numbers on this, I was still happy enough with the 7.2% because bear in mind, it's still gonna be two separate income streams under the one mortgage. So um, the renovation budget that I had for this one was 10,000. And the forecasted return I have for this overall property for the two apartments is on an average of a hundred pound per night uh, over the course of a year, this should bring in 36,000 36, of gross profit per annum. And that's based off of a 50% occupancy rate. And it's very important to do your research as to you know, what type of occupancy rate you should be expecting for the location that you're buying in. Um, now, I do, I do think that I'm, I, I should achieve a bit more than that. I think 50% occupancy for this area is on the low side, but it's always best to budget a little bit lower and figure out you know, what, what do you need this property to first of all break even, and then what type of <clears throat> occupancy rate do you need in order to make a profit out of it. Um, so that was the before pictures. Uh, this is some of the after pictures there. I always said that whenever I was taking on this renovation, I really wanted something to stand out. I want to give people a reason to stop scrolling on Airbnb or booking.com or whatever it might be. Um, so that was always my, my goal here was big, bold colors and make it quite attractive to the short-term uh, rental market. So if it's somebody's just coming, they stay for a couple of nights, holiday, let's they want something a little bit different, a little, a little bit unique. And um, I think I achieved that with this property. We did take on all of the renovation ourselves, the design ourselves, and basically did everything and looked after the entire renovation. So really delighted with how this one turned out. Um, but like I say, look, if you're going down the route of serviced accommodation, location should always be at the top of the list. Location, location, location is so important for serviced accommodation. You need to make sure that you're buying in the right area. And this comes down to doing your research. You know, is this location going to work for a short-term rental? And one platform that I would recommend you checking out is a platform called AirDNA. Once again, that's AirDNA. Basically, the way this platform works is <clears throat> you can input your location and it will give you all the data from Airbnb as to what is the average daily rate for that particular area. Whether it's a one bed, two bed, three bed, whatever it might be, it will give you all of that data. And same goes for the occupancy rate. So at what type, uh, at what type uh, of the year is it going to be performing uh, well, not so well? And that's the type of data that it can give you. So make sure and do your research. Use these types of platforms in order to make a, a good financial decision.
So what have we got in the future? Some of the things in the future pipeline, what we are planning for this year, we are going, we are planning to go big this year. We are planning to add three more properties to our portfolio in Spain via various joint venture agreements. We're also looking to increase our portfolio here in Northern Ireland by adding another two properties, uh, again, via joint ventures. And like I said at the beginning, look, joint ventures is it's a really good way to accelerate your um, your prop your property building um, experience, you know, getting involved with other property investors who are looking to do something together. It's real. it's definitely a good way to link in with people, build your network and grow your portfolio together. And the last thing that we have in the pipeline here today is we want to expand our property management service. We have found that there's definitely a demand for some clients coming to us looking for, you know, managing their Airbnb type properties. We are planning to scale that big this year. We're thinking, we're not thinking local, we're thinking international. And just recently there, we started our travel lets uh, expansion to our service. So going to be busy this year, building that out and, and growing that into the future. So bringing it back, I know we got a little bit sidetracked there throughout the, the course of this presentation, but Look, it all comes back to, we're here today to talk about the formula. What is that formula for creating long-term wealth and what does wealth mean to you? So just to touch on a couple of things and summarize some of the things that we talked about, all starts with having that vision, having that belief that it is possible through whatever investment strategy that you choose, it is possible to create that life that you dream of. If you dream it, you vision it, you believe that it can be true, you talk about it. Remember, tell everybody about what you're doing. Get other people, other like-minded people on that journey with you. And most importantly, take action. This is not going to happen but just by dreaming it or believing it. You need to put that work in and, uh, and take action and, and achieve your financial goals and achieve that wealth that you, that you dream of. So just to kind of close off, just a few things to... Um, Look, if you want to stay in touch, if you want to learn more about, you know, my journey or, you know, learn more about the different types of opportunities that we have available to us, I do post quite regularly on our mailing list. So look, if you're interested in signing up to our mailing list, you can scan that QR code and you can sign up that way. Like I say, I do try and be quite active on our mailing list and present various off-market, on-market opportunities, both locally here in Northern Ireland and Spain. So yeah, if that sounds like it's something that you'd be interested in, just scan that QR code. And I'll leave my contact details up on the screen here. And again, you can scan the, the QR code there and that'll take you directly to my link tree. And yeah, look forward to staying in touch. Um, apologies about the interruption there uh, earlier in the presentation. But um, yeah, I will open it up now for any questions that anybody might have. Shane, thank you. Not <laughs> we got, easy. It we was got, not we easy. got there. <laughs> you got through there re and did really well. So um, thank you very much. Um, we've, we're running a little bit late because we had some hiccups and we've had to change the link that we are on. So um, apologies on that, but thank you for coming back in on the call and for joining us. So Shane, I actually have some observations.
that you might like to comment on before we open it up for questions. Yep. Um, you call yourself a property investor, right? but you've got all these different streams that are there. So one of the things that's coming out, um, I know with um, what Anna was talking about, what you're talking about is it's not just one thing that you focus on and that's what you do. You have lots of different aspects coming in under your umbrella of what you're actually um, doing, in your case, the property. Would you like to comment on that? I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not just the investing. I mean, like I say, I didn't, I, I never started with a plan. Karen, I was just, I was so eager. I was so eager to get on the property ladder that I didn't really know what which path I wanted to take. But as I continued to educate myself and linking in with the right people and, you know, learning from other property investors and learning from other people's experiences, I started looking at ways that, you know, how can I make property my full-time business? How can I create a business out of it as well as building a portfolio? And that's when I really started to, you know, properly educating myself, attending the seminars, doing the courses, doing all the mastermind courses, um, and reading the books, listening to the podcasts. I was absorbing as much information as I possibly can because, you know, that this is where my passion lies. You know, my passion is in property and it's not just in the investment side, but it's also for helping other people along the way, you know, sharing those experiences. And like I say, the goal for me is always just to provide as much of a full package service as I possibly can. And I think that's what I what I aim to do through my my business. So yeah, as you say, there's more to it than just investing. It's um it's 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 building that network. It's creating those opportunities uh, that you might not have. And by staying visible, like I say, talking about it, sharing your wins, you never know what type of opportunity is going to come your way. Thank you. Do we have any questions for Shane? Um, just unmute yourself. I think you can unmute yourself if you'd like to ask your question. Joy. Uh, where did you get your first sort of source of money to uh, start your investment? It was really just saving, savings through my employment. Um, I actually talked about this one recently in a, in a recent article that I, that I wrote in my newspaper. I think the title of the article was how to become a property investor in five years. And it goes back to what Anna was talking about in her presentation. So it's about reprioritizing your finances. It's sitting down, taking a bit of time and figuring out, do I need to be spending money on this, this, and this? Or can I put a little bit aside in order to build up enough for that first investment? As you can see there, my first investment, you know, it was quite small. I think it was like 56,000. But for a first investment property, in my neck of the woods anyway, you'll always need that 25% deposit for a buy to let. So it is it is a quite a quite a chunk, but because I was buying something quite small, it didn't necessarily, it wasn't the, wasn't the most amount of money, you know. But um, yeah, it was really just putting some aside in those savings at the start. And now there are different savings account out, accounts out there at the minute. They're they're paying up to five percent. So again, not a financial advisor. If you if you want to learn more about those types of uh, savings account, that'll help you get there a little bit quicker. Um, do some research on that. 
but yeah, you know, it's, it's getting that first one off the ground, but then once you start building the portfolio, you'll have multiple avenues as to how you can fund your next one, your third one, fourth one, fifth one. Well, like I say, whether you're releasing equity or you're building up cash flow from other properties there, there's more opportunities once you get that first one over the line. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have any more questions? Yeah, I have some a question here, Karen, if that's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, it's funny, Shane, how you were talking about Einstein, and then I mentioned Newton. I wonder who's the next scientist there <laughs> in the presentation. But what I see there is that we're referring to science, science that we have there as the facts, but then we have we share this vision, the dreams, which is more esoteric. So I wonder if that's okay with you to share more of your spirituality, the consciousness, the what's behind, if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I talked in my presentation about the different types of wealth, you know, the financial wealth, status, wealth, time wealth. That one for me, that, that sticks out for me is having that, I know you talked about this as well, Anna, is having that time freedom in order to, you know, create your own calendar. You know, that's, that's my end goal here is being able to create my own calendar for my life or for my own life and my families to be able to create those experiences together and, you know, just make a, make a good stab at this life that we, that we only get one chance at, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big part of my inspiration and what my driver is and what my why is and, you know, big thing for me is travel. I love traveling. I love the sun. I love the sea. <laughs> I love the beach. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a big part of you know my mindset, my vision, and um, the 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 big goal, I guess. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. You love my country. I've seen that, and <laughs> I want to congratulate you because you're teaching your children by example, which is the best way. So thank you for that. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Um, any more questions for Shane? I don't know if you covered this earlier because I couldn't get on earlier, but how do you know when that best moment is to actually invite and not that you've reached the peak of the market before it all comes down? What would you like? That, that is the, <laughs> the million dollar question. <laughs> I can give you again. I'll I'll give you my opinion. I'm not a financial advisor, but my you didn't buy any. My stand on that is, if you're holding property long term, so regardless of what the market is doing, regardless of what it's doing right now or the the price of interest rates, if you're assessing each and every deal individually, based on that time frame, is it putting money in your pocket? Does it have the potential to appreciate over time? You know, do you have enough to cover all of your bills, make a bit of money out of it? But the, the, unless you're, if you're planning to keep that property long-term, hold it long-term and it fits in with your overall financial goals, I think that any time is the right time to buy if it fits all of that criteria. Thank you. Because if we were if we were to, if we were to sit around and wait to see what the market's going to be doing today and tomorrow, you would never get anywhere. You know, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't be making any progress. So, 
it all comes down to what your your end goal is through property investing and how quick you want to achieve that. Thank you. Thanks, Shane. Um, any more questions for Shane? No? Okay. So, Shane, thank you very much. That was a really difficult session for you. And I really appreciate uh, you come back and it was a brilliant presentation. So thank you very much for that. Thanks for having me. Cheers.